You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, Gateway Church. Good morning. If you haven't had good morning yet, I pray that you do now. <laughs> um, but we want to, April and I just want to say thank you for inviting us. It's such, an, it's such an honor and a privilege just to come to churches and to just share our hearts of what, you know, we believe God has laid on our heart. Um, but today I want to talk about a little thing called doubt. You see, sometimes there's doubt in the house. But I think sometimes we forget of who else is in the house. I think sometimes we need a touch. I think sometimes we need to look inside ourselves and understand, number one, where does this doubt even come from? I think we need to have this understanding and this reassurance, if you will, of what Christ did for you and for me. I think sometimes we have to basically just kick doubt out. Mm. You see, this morning, and as I was preparing for this, it just kept coming, coming, coming and coming over to me. If you lose touch with God, you lose everything. See, you lose everything. The one who you can put your trust in. And I'm like, help me, Lord. Help me convey this message. Help me convey your heart through all of this. And, you know, some of you have probably guessed that we're going to talk about doubting Thomas. But I want to talk about not just doubting Thomas and what he had, but what he did beyond the doubt. Are you in that season where just a little bit of doubt has crept in? But see, I don't want you to look at the doubt. Yes, it is there. But I want you to look at the man of Christ who will take the doubt away and who will do amazing things beyond the doubt. See, we're going to take that doubt and we're going to wrap it up and we're going to throw it away because it is cast out forever. Forever. Say that with me if you could. Forever. My doubt is gone. My doubt is gone. Um, so if you could, go to, go to your Bible. Um, if you have one, and some of you maybe have an electronic version of that as well. I don't mind that at all. Um, we're looking at John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. So I'll give you a little bit, a moment or two just to get there. Um, but Wow. It's so good to have Teen Challenge in the house. When I heard Teen Challenge was in the house, I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes. You guys are such a great story. And, you know, we're friends um, with the Saginaw chapter as well and a little bit with the Flint chapter. But mm, the Lord is good. He is faithful. The Lord is good and he is faithful. So I'll begin reading um, verse 24. I am reading from the King James Version. 
But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not there with them when Jesus came. The other di disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, and the doors were shut, and stood in the very middle, and said, Peace be unto you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here my finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered him, and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. And blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You see, and I'm, I'm trying to put myself into Thomas's role or into, or into his picture, and, and I'm trying to think about this, and how can, how can I make this relate, right? Because sometimes doubt comes in unexpectedly. A few years ago, I was on an airplane, and I was leaving from Detroit, headed to who knows where for my secular job, and one of the things, a strange thing happened as we were taking off. You know how they lift up the wheels, and it's all of a sudden goes ka-clunk, right? You know the wheels are up. Well, it went ka-clank. <laughs> and so you heard this grinding noise. And it's just like, okay, we're flying. We're in the air, and we're going around. And next thing you know, the, the pilot comes on uh, over the loudspeaker, of course, and he says, uh, there appears to be a problem with the landing gear. Okay, that makes sense, right? And they said, well, what we've done is we've tried to recycle them back, back and forth just to try and to get them back down into the locked position. But we're not sure if they're locked. So what we're going to do is we're going to circle around and we're going to burn some fuel, and then eventually we're going to come back in and land. But we really don't know if they're in the down position. Do I trust the landing gear? Do I have doubt? You see, an interesting thing happens when you come around a plane and you look down and you can see the runway and they got the fire trucks lined up along both sides. <laughs> but there's that moment of doubt that you have, if you would, of how did I live my life? Did I live for Christ? Did every moment that I have reflect his nature, reflect his love? You see, maybe you've never maybe maybe you've never flown in an airplane. Maybe you've never had that experience. Maybe you've been, I, I remember this from when I was a kid. I was bike riding one time and going down this really, really big hill, you know, and we're just gaining speed because, you know, boys like we are, we got no helmets and no nothing, and we're just going down this hill. And if you've ever been in mountainous Pennsylvania, this is what it was. And so we're going, 
And next thing you know, we hit the brakes and they're, they're squealing. But are they going to stop us? You see, I think sometimes we have to relate to that and the things. Doubt creeps in sometimes in our life in unexpected ways. Unexpected ways. You see, but also, it's interesting now to look around. And the scripture says that the doors were locked. I don't know if they're locked. But Jesus was in the middle. And I'm thinking about the doubts and the fears. And, you know, <laughs> we doubt at times that when God does amazing things, somehow we hear about these things. But yet we maybe not have been witness to. Have you ever hear, heard of it that, hey, man, you should have been here last week. Should have been here for so-and-so's healing. You should have been here when so-and-so received the Holy Spirit. You should have been here when. You see, I think we all have that little bit of attitude that Thomas had because I think sometimes we stop and say, unless I see it or unless it actually happens to me, we doubt that those events have taken place. You see, i got to put myself in Thomas's place because this is where real life, this is where life gets real, if you would, because we have to throw out the doubt. You see, I think Thomas really, in this conversation with his fellow disciples, I, was, I really think he was saying, you guys keep telling me of all these great things that God is doing. And I look around, and I see that you guys are doing some great things too. A church building. I see youth ministry happening. I see all kinds of things happening here. But yet I'll also say that perhaps possibly you need to expand that vision if you would. Getting back to the story, Thomas, I think he was like, he didn't really understand the full impact of the resurrected Christ and what he had done. You see, because he visited with Mary and Martha Magdalene, Mary Magdalene on the way back. See, and I think Thomas, uh, Thomas saw this, but he's like, he couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't understand it. Something was holding him back. We also hear about Cleopas and, and, and this other guy. And, and I like what the scripture says. Did not our hearts burn within us when we were walking along the road? Do your hearts not burn within do your hearts not burn within? Do they want more of Christ? He also appears to Peter in Luke 24. He also appears to the ten disciples just previous to this reading, John 20, verse 20. Hmm. It's interesting, the one thing that he, he repeats in both of, these, both of these particular scriptures, he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And I'm thinking, isn't that what doubt is? It's not peace. It's unrest. It's fitfulness. It's, it's just something that's stirring up inside of me that I don't know where it come from. But see, there's peace that comes. And I, and I try to put myself in Thomas's place, and I try to understand everything that, that 
these people are telling me, my, my friends are telling me that there's a healing that was going on and he had risen again and he showed himself over and over again. And I, and I kind of like it like this. It's like you say that there's peace to be had. But I think Thomas is really saying, I don't have any. I don't have any. I think that's what he's saying. You see, and this is why, this is why I think that there's a reaching out that we have to do sometimes. See, there's a reaching out in a sense that we need to know. We need to know. Who here has touched a hot stove? You've all seen the red light. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot, but you still do it anyway because you want to know. Anybody here ever make that homemade slime? If you have kids, you probably made homemade slime. Don't you want to touch it? You want to feel it to see what it's actually like, right? Do you ever have one of those lollipops that is just one of those mystery flavors? Don't you just want to taste it to see what it's like? You see, this is Thomas because we want to touch. We want to feel when we want to know without a doubt that Jesus is here to do something among us. Among us. This day, this hour, this moment. He wants to take that doubt and he wants to throw it away. Because he's shown himself by many infallible truths. You can't deny them. You see, when healing happens to you, you can't deny it. You won't go back on it. You see, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens to you, you won't deny it. You'll tell other people about it. You will go out and you will shout it and you will proclaim it. And yet some will say, I don't believe it. But it's not until they come into the presence of the living God to receive those things that they will have the same sure foundation that we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for coming in the midst of us. You say that he was here. For me, I'm an engineer. Any, any other engineers out in the house? Anybody have those types of minds? Anybody a plumber? I got those too, right? You got, because you got to connect things. They have to make sense, right? They have to have a good security, if you would. These things have to make sense in my mind. And recently, I just read a book about all the evidence that there is for Christ's resurrection. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about the world that we live in and how we could simply go on Google and we could find just about anything we want if we want to. If we want to. You see, the truth of the resurrection is that he came for you and he came for me. But there's also those of us who are engineers, and it has to make sense in our mind. There has to be evidence. Are you willing to find it? Are you willing to go the extra mile and research it and understand that it's there, it's available for you beyond reasonable doubt? 
Scholars have written on this very subject about the record, about the resurrected Christ. The evidence is there, yet people still deny it. Hence the hot stove. Are you one of them today? Do you have a little bit of doubt in your heart that he wants to do great things in your life? If you're a little bit of a doubter, you're in good company as well. Abraham and Sarah. Even John the Baptist said, are you the one? You see, how I want to skip ahead to now the beyond the doubt. Thomas, the one very one that the scripture is talking about. Do you know what he did and do you know where he ended up? In about, 80, in about A.D. 46 through 50, he ended up leaving Jerusalem, traveling to Taxila. This is present-day Pakistan. And he went to try and plant churches, but he was unsuccessful. But he also went to the southern region of India, where he was successful in starting at least seven churches that I could find. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, wow, the man who once doubted, unless I physically feel the prince, unless I physically touch the side. You see, something happened inside of him that changed his whole perspective, that threw doubt out of his life forever because he was completely changed if you keep reading about thomas he was eventually murdered for his faith and i'm like wow lord help me to convey this message you see sometimes i think about this and i go back to where thomas asked to look at the marks on his hands and i think jesus showed them to him these are my words but this is kind of what I think he was doing with Thomas. These hands were designed for this work. These hands were designed for the healing of a centurion servant. These hands were designed for the raising of a widow's son. These hands were forgiving a sinful woman by drawing a line in the sand. These hands caused the storms to be made still. These hands caused devils to be cast out. These hands made a miraculous feeding of 5,000. These hands have instructed my teaching and I've given you my parables that have lasted throughout the ages. These hands have raised the dead. And he was showing Thomas all that he had been through. He was showing Thomas his story. His story. What he had done over and over again. And I go to his feet. And I think he says, my feet also were designed for this purpose. My feet have carried me all over this land. And my feet have walked the same places that you have walked. My feet have walked on water. My feet have climbed many mountains. 
My feet were many people sick. My feet were washed with tears and hair and anointed with oil. We are his hands and feet. And if you talk, think about this, he says, peace be with you. And I put it together in my mind, finally, because if we are his hands and feet and we're doing his work, how many times have you have fear before you've gone off to do the work? Maybe it's a small mission trip. Maybe it's a long-term mission trip. Maybe it's something that God is calling you to. You have fears and you have doubts. But looking back in hindsight, you don't have that because you've done the Lord's work. You've been his hands and feet. You've done something wonderful for the Lord. That's where the peace comes in. You have the peace because you're doing the Lord's work. We're engaged in doing the Lord's work and, and we have peace. And the scripture also says, my side, my side, touch my side, touch my side. And I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about how does this apply? How does this apply to our day? Thomas has to reach out. And Jesus has to open his arms too. Because Jesus is inviting him to a place of intimacy. I'm thinking of dancing couples together. They're holding each other. So I believe when Thomas was reaching out, Jesus was inviting him to a place of intimacy. Not just to touch, not just to feel, but to a place of intimacy. A place where we can know his love. A closeness that we can feel. A closeness that can touch our heart and change our lives. A closeness that casts out all doubt. A closeness that casts out all these things. You see, there's nothing there's nothing like the protection and the shadowing of his wings. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust him. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. And I also think about this time, if you could come at this time, because you're the guitar man. He's the guitar man, the music man. He's the one that leads us into worship of the Lord. And so here this morning, I'm told to wrap up at 1027. I'm proud to tell you it's 1008. <laughs> but what I want to tell you and what I want to ask you is if you have a doubt. Do you have a doubt? Because Jesus is in the house now. Jesus is in the house now. And he wants to prove to you beyond a reasonable doubt that he is real. And that his love will carry you to places that you cannot imagine. I love what she said here earlier. God has a specific plan and a purpose for you. Congregation, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit odd today. If you've been healed and you've been touched by God, I'd like you to stand. If you've not, 
been healed or touched by God, then this is for you. This is for you, dear friend, that God loves you. God loves you. If you're surrounding somebody that's sitting, I'd ask that you pray for them. Because they need something from the Lord. They got a little doubt in their heart. I pray that you look around, congregation, wherever you're at, and you turn around and you pray for the person who's sitting because they have something in their heart that's keeping them from God. But God is in the house when the people do his will. He's here. He's now. He's present. Do you want to feel him, church? Then do his will. Pray for other people. Be the church that does these things beyond a reasonable doubt because God wants to take those doubts and throw them far away. If you want to come to the altar, come to the altar. I'm sure there's going to be a song. If there's prayer teams, come. Pray for people. Come. Because the Lord wants to do something today so that if there's healing, other people will hear it as well. If there's the Holy Spirit coming upon people, we'll want other people to hear that as well. I'm leaving time for it to be done right now. We've got 20 minutes. Don't delay. Come. Um, we're going to continue to stay in this atmosphere of just prayer and worship. And the altars are open. And after I step down, after this quick little uh, sp speech, I guess, um, myself and my wife will be available for prayer. But um, I just believe there, that, that, that there truly is um, doubt that needs to be released. And before I, I go further, I just want each and every one of us know that as humanity, it's, it's normal to doubt. Does this make sense? Like, it's normal to doubt. And maybe doubt will bring some things to our attention. And it can be seen as a good thing. But staying in doubt is never what God intended. To have that permanently in our spirit is not of of God. He's given us a spirit, not of, of fear, not of doubt, right? But a, of a sound mind and and just a strong spirit. And and so this morning again, we're gonna continue to, to pray and, and to worship as Pastor Bobby is leading. But I just I ask if if there is any of you this morning that you're you're holding on to doubt, maybe it's maybe it's the doubt of of a circumstance, can I ever get out of this? Will this ever see anything positive out of out of what's happened? Or maybe maybe it's doubt in the sense of is this really God's plan? Is this all really in His design? I just ask of you this morning to to just begin to release that to Him, to come place that at His feet, um, to give Him. Seriously, all the affection, all the devotion, I believe we can do that fully and are capable of doing that once the doubt is, is, is placed at his feet, amen? Wouldn't you agree that once that's out of you, then we can give him all the, the affection, all the devotion, and it's not just us giving to him. It's not just, <laughs> this is the thing I love so much about our God. It's not just a one-way relationship. As we give to him, as we give, then we receive back from him. 
As we give to our God, our God sees that, and he's going to respond. As we move, some of us in here, are, we're just waiting for God to move, right? Like, God, just move in our lives. Just, just move. Give me this confirmation. Just, just move. But God's saying, listen, I, I'm going to, but I need you to move first. I need you to act and, and, and to move on whatever it is you're feeling, whatever it is you're going through. I need you to move and give that to me. And once you do that, man, once you open up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release in you. I'm going to pour into you. I'm going to give you everything that's holding you back right now of what you're really wanting to receive. I know that. I'm going to give it to you. So can I do this? I just want to say a little prayer, and we're going to, again, hop back in. And, and then I'm going to come back up and close, yes, but, but I'm going to say a prayer over those that are still right now that might be struggling, might be holding on to to a little bit of that doubt. Dear Lord, I just pray right now as we're in the midst of your presence, oh Jesus, we feel it. It's known. It's it's this thing that it's not, it's not tangible. We can't place our arm around it or a hand upon it, Lord God, but we can feel it. We know it, Lord Jesus. We know, Lord God, that as we come to you, you are such a good father that you care about us so much that as we, Lord God, release whatever it is, Lord God, as we're, as we're even struggling, maybe some of us are struggling right now to, to do just that, Lord God. I just pray that your, that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would direct us, would prompt us, Lord God, to, to be obedient, Lord God, to, to fully surrender whatever it is. And as we do that, Lord God, I just ask that we would receive, Lord, what it is you're wanting to give us. Maybe it's your love. Maybe it is a form of confirmation. Maybe it is it is peace, Lord God. Maybe it is strength, Lord Jesus. Maybe it is um, something that, that logic, it, it surpasses all logic, Lord God. Whatever it might be, Lord, we just, we just ask, Lord Jesus, in these next precious minutes before this service ends, that you would continue to move in this place, Lord God, continue to move in our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Lord Jesus. We give it all to you, Lord, this morning. Help us, Lord God, give it all to you this morning, Jesus. Dear Lord, we come to you right now, and as we end this service, Lord God, as, as uh, this, this moment of meeting as a unified body comes to a close, Lord God, I just pray that as we leave here, Again, as individuals, as couples, Lord God, that you would continue to be with us, Lord God, that your, your presence would just be known. <laughs> Lord. And as this, this thing called doubt, um, as it's a consistent battle each and every day, Lord God, we just pray that, that you would continue to be with us in that battle, <laughs> Lord God, that you, would, you wouldn't leave us, you wouldn't forsake us, Lord God, but you would draw us in closer, Lord Jesus, that you would... Uh, continue to speak to us, Lord God, communicate to us, reveal things that we need to to hear and to see, Lord God, and that and that you would soften our hearts and and in the midst of maybe busy schedules, busy lives, Lord God, that you would slow things down to your rhythm, Lord Jesus, that that we'd be able to receive uh, your word, your goodness, your Lord, your, your joy, Lord Jesus, some of us in this room, they just need that. I feel the word joy coming. Some of us just need joy, Lord God, and so we just ask for that as we leave, leave this place, Lord God, um, be, be behind us, Lord, go before us, and, and be all around us, we ask in your mighty, in your precious holy name.
Amen. 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 Well, church, um, you're officially dismissed. We, we love you. Um, be blessed as you leave. Again, we have our Sunday night live, which is our, our picnic, if you will, at 4 o'clock at Rising Park. So be sure to come on out for that. But if we don't see you there, uh, God bless, and we'll see you back here next Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.